Welcome, Roasties, to another episode of The Roasted Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a young man who, who dropped everything a few years ago and decided to take up a sport he pretty much knew nothing about and now will enter himself into the NFL draft to try and start a career uh, in American football. You might not know his name yet, but hopefully everyone will in a few years' time. It's Matt McRobert. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you very much for having me today. No worries at all, man. Listen, tell the tell the listeners, you know, majority of them probably wouldn't know who you are. Who is who is Matt Matt McRobert? Um, I like to say I'm just a small small town boy from Barara, Sydney, Australia. Uh, you know, I've always had a, a leg on me. I've always liked kicking the football. Uh, wasn't the most talented football player, but just always practiced kicking. It was just my favorite thing to do. I could spend hours outside kicking a ball, transitioning to rugby well, and then decided this opportunity with Pro Kick Australia, which was the a place that got me into America to give that a go. And, you know, a couple of years later, I'm over here training for the NFL draft. So it's been quite a whirlwind, but a great opportunity nonetheless. A, a massive few years for you. Listen, uh, Aussie kid that grew up, you said uh, Barara, is that right? Am I saying it right? What what sports did you uh, grow up playing? Cricket was my main sport. I uh, loved cricket. I was playing juniors in the morning from 8 o'clock to like 12 o'clock and then would any fight, uh, find any senior team I could play from like one o'clock to six o'clock. I, I loved cricket. It was my favorite sport. Uh, wanted nothing but to play cricket, like wanted to play for Australia. That, like, that was the ultimate goal. Uh, and on the side, kind of played a bit of rugby. Wasn't the biggest fan of it. I uh, started at an early age, but I always wanted to play rugby league. Rugby league's been my favorite sport that I've never played. I used to be well over 130 kilograms uh, and you know, running back 10 meters every time, I probably would have fainted by the second set. Uh, so I played rugby a lot. Um, and that's where I really developed my uh, kicking skills there, as well as practicing just that Phil would go kick balls for hours and, you know, turn that into a little punting leg there. Yeah, big, oh, massive punting leg. Mate, you said 130 kilos. What are you, what are you now? Like 200 pounds. So what's that? Uh, yeah, I'm pounds? about 200 pounds now. Uh, but... Uh, it's probably five years ago. I dropped a hundred pounds in about three months. Um, yeah. I don't know what really, I was just kind of just fed up with my size, I guess I wanted to be, I feel like I was trying to play fly half. I was a 130 kilogram wannabe fly half, uh, in rugby. And I knew I couldn't play it that weight. Um, so I think that was one of my big motivations because I wanted to play and be more mobile there. And I think that could help my kicking game. So that was my biggest asset, but, yeah, just dropped a lot of weight and got in shape and really enjoyed that that whole fitness journey and encouraged me to be who I am today. You um, you said you you never got to play rugby league, but you followed rugby league growing up. Who was who was your team? Penrith Panthers. Uh, from day dot, from the day I can remember, uh, it's always been the Penrith Panthers. A funny story is, I'll take this forever to my grave. Dad always says it was the two thousand three grand final I watched and idolized them from then, but. The year before, my dad and I went over to our next door neighbor's house and it was the Panthers playing the Warriors. And I was going for the Warriors for some reason because I think dad was supporting them at the time just for that game. And my next door neighbor's dad's like, no, you should go for the Australian team. They're the Panthers. And truly, I thought the NRL was a two-team competition, an Australian team and a New Zealand team. <laughs> and that's where I think I started going for the Panthers from then. Um, and obviously, 2002 wasn't the greatest season. Then 2003 happens and they won the premiership and yeah through the lows and the highs i've been a massive massive fan ever since i actually got my 2022 membership package just last week mum sent it over finally so i got all the new gear for the year so i'm very excited with that oh nice mate uh, yeah w watching a uh a grand final winning team in in 23 helps 
helps solidify that uh, that fandom. Did you have have a favorite yeah. player growing up? Any any favorite players? Growing up, I loved Luke Rooney to start, especially around that 03 period. I thought he was great. Um, and then Penrith got quite a lot of good, talented players. Uh, they've either come at the, like, the end of their careers and kind of helped out. And like I think of Jamie Soward, I think like his energy he'd bring to the team. But for the for the longest time, uh, Josh Mansell was my favorite player. I met yeah. him at Culture Kings one day. Uh, and just how he spoke to me and just how he gave me time. And I was taken away by like how much time and just like generalness he would give me. Um, and that's when I was extremely fat. And the next time I saw him, I lost all this weight and I showed him the picture and he couldn't believe it except when I was out at Penrith. But um, he's been my favorite player. But now it's like hard to go past like your clearies and your kick hours and fish. I mean, every guy, every guy on that team is amazing, I think. Um, I mean, hopefully they go back and win the next premiership this year and the year after and the year after that. I think they're that good. Mate, they're, they're starting out well this year, seven and zero at the moment. So, uh, ho- hopefully, they can keep that keep that uh, winning streak going. But, um, we and you got the chance to work with them, which we're going to touch on a little bit. So, uh, that that would have been pretty special. But, um, mate, tell us how you just drop everything, uh, everything you sort of grown up knowing, uh, rugby league, rugby union, cricket, and you decide to take up yep. American football. Like, what? Just tell us how how did how did you come come to that conclusion? It's crazy story. So I was around 20 years of age and I was getting my bachelor's. I just finished up. It's, I mean, in the HSC, I was probably bottom 5% in New South Wales um, for every aspect. Like school was just not for me. I couldn't study, just couldn't focus. But dad was so big and you got to go get like your bachelor's. And I got that in sports management, which to me, is just natural sport to me. I've always enjoyed learning and studying about. So I got my bachelor's in sport, sports management. And I'm like, I'm 20. I'm like, I don't want to work yet. I'm, I still feel young. Like I want to go do I'm something. Going experience and, and, and live yeah. life. Yeah. And in my last semester at ICMS, uh, where I was studying, Pro Kick came from Melbourne to have a Sydney tryout. And I went with my best friend, Dave Borkham. And we tried out that day. It was in Wakehurst in Sydney. Uh, and, it was funny leading up, we got we went to Rebel and got um Nike footballs from Rebel, which we thought were the, the proper balls, but they're synthetic and we're kicking them 60, 70 yards. I'm like, I look at him, I'm like, I think we can go straight to the NFL. Like, <laughs> who needs to go to college? Um, and we get to pro kick for the trail on the first day, and we kick a the pig skin for the first time. And my goodness, that ball's rock hard. It's so much harder than what you think. And it I nearly thought I broke my foot on the first time kicking a ball, but they saw a little bit of talent in me that day and offered me the chance to come down to Melbourne to train with them as well as my mate, Dave, which was great for, for me, just knowing a friend was in there too. Yep. And I got to go down a little earlier than him. I went down in like September of 2017 uh, and he got down there at the start of 2018. We got to train um, from there, but pro kick was the, the reason why I'm over here today. T- tell us a little bit about, um, uh, a pro kick and, and what what it is because um, you know I've I've done a little bit of research and I know it's it's where you go to to learn some of the skills of, of American football but you know just give yep. us a little bit more info that of what you went through. Yeah, so I mean that was a big change for me. It was, it was a good adventure. I got to move out of home, uh, go live in another state. So it kind of uh, gave me some challenges early on in that regard, which was good for me to overcome before you take that final transition and coming to America. And for pro kick, it was you punt a couple of times a week uh, with coach Nathan Chapman, who had a tryout with Green Bay Packers many years ago after 
his AFL career kind of came to an end. He, he thought of another new challenge for him. Well, I mean, right now there's about 50 blokes down there in Melbourne training and Pro Kick Sydney has recently started off. Dave Balkum, he's actually running it. So if anybody's interested in the Sydney area, reach out to Dave Balkum to pump yep. for Pro Kick Sydney. Um, just go try. You can kick in American football and see if it's for you. Uh, he's going to be a great coach because he had a great couple of years over here being successful himself. But yeah, Pro Kick is amazing because it's a little investment to do at the front end, but in reality, you turn that into a full scholarship playing in front of crowds that uh, NRL players won't see until like a grand final or state of origin kind of yeah. day. It's, it's pretty and crazy. You, and you're seeing those every every single week, aren't you? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, up the, an hour up from the road from me, there's a 110,000-seat stadium and it sells out every week. And, and I get to play one game a year down at NRG, which is the Houston Texans' home ground against our biggest rival. And there's north of 30,000 people there. It's It's something else. Like you just you see college football and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. But it's, oh wait, it's a college. And then there's the fan bases, there's the tailgating. Like people, if a game's at 6 p.m., people are out in the parking lot from 8 a.m. that morning, starting parties, um, drinking, just doing everything. It's it's crazy. It people, really people is. People don't realize that college football is bigger than um, the NFL in America. Like yeah. the NFL is obviously a more international sport and, and gets a lot of eyes, but it's only 32 teams. You've got, how many colleges? You know, hundreds. And there's about in Division One. There's around two hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, it yeah. goes from ten thousand seat stadiums to one hundred and ten thousand seat stadiums. It's yeah. the scale is crazy, uh, and it, it's honestly one of the best opportunities I've ever had. Oh, it's the by far the best opportunity I've ever had. And then on top of that, you get to go to school and further your education. And obviously, yeah. I mean, you can say that's the downside. You got to study, but for me, I got to get two masters out of coming over here. So if I don't make the NFL, I go back to Australia with two masters or I could have a, a working opportunity over here. So I'm forever grateful. Was it scary considering um, American football has such a low, you know, conversion rate of, of Aussies coming over, mostly AFL guys, AFL kickers, you know, mm-hmm. you love kicking, but you're not in that you've grown up playing AFL or anything like that. Was it scary thinking, you know, this is a huge risk or was it just, you know what, I'm just going to have, have some fun and, and I'll, I'll take it as it is. Yeah, definitely a bit of both. Uh, I pride myself on trying to be like the best I can be. Um, and obviously when you've gone from kicking in a, in a park in Melbourne to going at full camp for the first time in front of 100 teammates, there's coaches, there's sometimes there's crowd, there's media that's coming in. You're like, you, you kind of feel like you're a professional athlete in a way. And Certainly the first two weeks, the nerves were just absurd for me. I really did struggle early on. But like, as you start to like get in the rhythm of it all and learn the procedures and how it's done, you start to understand uh, how it all works. But I mean, at the end of the day, just you're coming over to the kick of football at the end of the day, like don't stress about it. It's just kick a ball and hope it's in the direction you want yeah. while the team calls. At least. <laughs> it's, it's high and long and just stays up as long as possible. Yeah. But- Mate, as well as 250-pound guys are running oh. at you to 300-pound guys trying to block you. Like, yeah, I've been hit a couple of times, so it's it's fun. I miss, like, it, it brought the physicality rugby side. I kind of wanted to run the ball. I never got the chance to run the ball, uh, but that would have been fun to do. I've, I've seen a, a few clips. There was one um, you sort of uh, grabbed it. I don't know if it was thrown wrong or whatever, but you pulled it down and just, and just quickly snap-kicked it. And yep. I know the coach was, like, you know, raving about it afterwards, and you were just like, 
hey, it's just natural. It's what, we, what we've grown up doing. And it is. It's like you catch a ball. You don't need to take five steps or two steps and kick it. It's, it's, um, we just grab it and kick it, you know? So um, t- tell us about, like, how did, how did Sam, going to Sam Houston State, that's the, the college that you've spent the last four years, how did that, going from Auskick to there, how did that transition come about? How did you get that opportunity? Well, firstly, going back to the point about that uh, kick that went over my head. Yeah, sorry, I got, a little, I got a little bit lost there. Yeah, you got a bit... Um... Um, so the that game was my first ever game. Uh, nerves, obviously, through the roof. Uh, we had two storm delays where there was lightning within miles. Uh, it was pouring rain. It was the worst possible idea of an opening game for my <laughs> career. Um, I couldn't think of anything worse. And my third part of that game... Uh, I took, like, as in cricket, when you put your knee on the ground to stop the ball, I did that because the ball had bounced twice to me. And I didn't know you're not allowed to put your knee on the ground. So as soon as I did that, the play was dead and the opposition got the ball from where I put my knee down. But that was fortunately completely overshadowed by the ball went over my head and I kicked sideways. Um, And that got ESPN highlights because, like you said, like, to us, it's normal, but to the Americans, it was the most completely freakish activity a punter's done for Sam Houston uh, ever. And I'm like, well, I'm glad everything's overshadowed me stuffing up earlier on and me getting yelled at by the head coach because I wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'll take that play for sure. Um, and obviously that was really good because there was only about three or four minutes left on the game and it would have set them up in a position to score some points. But I got off to the sideline and current Texans wide receiver, Davion Davis, was the first guy to greet me. And he was like going crazy. I'm like, did I do something wrong? Was I meant to do something else? He said, that's the craziest thing he's ever seen on a football field. I'm like, that's just normal. Like yeah. go to any park in Australia, uh, kids will be doing that. Like it's left foot, right foot, any foot. Like it's, it's uh, easy for us to do. So that was, yeah, quite funny there, but going um, to how I got to Sam Houston, uh, my big emphasis for me was I wanted to get a master's degree. I didn't want to come because theoretically you get limited on your eligibility. Uh, and what still annoys me to this day is I lost three, uh, two years of eligibility uh, because I studied at ICMS for three years and I never had watched the game, never had played the game, but I couldn't play for two more years, which you're allowed five years of eligibility over here. I lost two years because I'd studied in Australia. So I had a quick turnaround. I'm like, they have to get me off to college really quickly. And the only thing I really said is, um, get me to like somewhere quick, but I really want to get my master's because at that time I was only meant to be here for two years, like I said, which would have been only to 2020. Uh, and I didn't want to like start an undergraduate degree again because I already got one. I'm like, well, I can get a master's basically in that time. Like, let's go for that. And yep. that, that's one of the big reasons why I chose Sam because it was uh, Texas. It was close to compared to other American places and then got my sports master's. I'm like, dead set that's where I want to go and then the guy who had just left the year before Lachlan Edwards uh had been drafted to the New York Jets and played there for four years and it's currently with the Carolina Panthers so I'm like if I have the ambition to make the NFL there's a stepping stone there and there's a name to be trying mark off um let's go there and give it a crack How, how's your experience been there like you've, you've spent what four years four or five close to five years there now um yeah and- Texas is, you know, football's a religion, you know. So yeah. what's what's it like, you know, being a and out like not an outsider, but a you know coming from from Australia uh, to this football mad uh, state and and where you're going to be lining up playing football? Yeah, it, it's 
crazily eye-opening. Uh, you know, when I first got here, I was like very shell-shocked by just how everything was done. Uh, and like, if I try and go to Heb, which is like your local Coles or Woolies, uh, even if you're not wearing a football shirt, people recognize who you are. I'm just the punter just kicking a ball, but like, hey, you Matt? I'm like, yeah, it's like, it was nice to meet you. Like the Southern hospitality is great, which was um, yeah. great to like get into this community for sure. But like you said, football is a religion here. I mean, you got Sunday's church day over here, but Saturday's the day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, um, you know, what are they, the saying is everything's bigger in Texas. Is that is that true? Very true. I mean, you come over here, everything's different. I mean, one of the craziest things and I'm still never going to get my hand around is Everybody has pocket knives over here. Everybody carries a gun. It's like us carrying a phone back in Australia. It's just second nature to that. Yeah. And you'd be sitting, you know, like with your teammates and they pull out pocket knives. And I still remember uh, the guy who I was competing with, with a starting job. It was our first dinner out as a group, pulls out his pocket knife and just shows it right at me. I'm like, this is something else. Yeah. Um, but everything to do with Texas is, is crazy. Uh, it's a great state to be. It's, it's nice and warm, which helps. Uh, doesn't it snows here too which i've never experienced snow i didn't think texas would be the place i'd see snow but uh, i gotta see snow here but yeah texas is a great place what um t- tell us a bit about university where like where are you situated compared to i suppose like you said dallas is dallas about an hour away or um whereabouts are yeah. you situated in, in in texas dallas is about two hours north houston's one hour south um so you're in a really good location there you have a uh, a road that goes from the bottom of the ports in uh, Texas north called I-45. So, I mean, it's one road up or down to go to Houston or Dallas if I want to go there. And then San Antonio's about two and a half hours uh, west. Um, but so there's like a, not a, a lot of nice places to go here in Texas if, you know, you have some time to go see some stuff, which fortunately I have. Uh, got to see a lot of Texas and even over to Louisiana uh, to in Arizona, which has been great just to kind of uh, expand on what America is because Texas really could be its own country. Yeah, I think it wants to be its own country again one day. Um, so it's been great to be in this kind of place, but also see some other places too. And then you had the fact that with uh, football, you get to travel across the country. I've gone to the closest uh, state to Canada to right and left um, bus trips for 10 hours. You know, there's some bonding time there with yeah. your teammates um you know you play a game at six o'clock you get done at 10 by the time you get on the bus it's 11 30 you get into back into town and it's about 6 a.m and your head coach is disappointed because you lost with two minutes to go and calls a meeting there's some great stories that i've had to be a part of trying to sleep on a bus after a loss that's uh that would be hard especially if you're up 24 7 a half time oh blown lead no the coach (laughs) the coach would not be happy it was funny in that game uh it was about 40 degrees so it's all of three to five degrees if that uh it was raining very cold and it was one of the first times i got like hit so i had to fake an injury to like, like hopefully get our team a 10 yard uh advantage and a first down so i'm rolling around in the wet didn't bring too many backup clothes and had because i was that cold put my backup clothes underneath my jersey to keep warm so i had i was freezing the whole bus trip <laughs> oh no not ideal at all <laughs> Mate, well, tell us, like, four years at college, you, you racked up some uh, some awesome award, awesome records and, and awards. I'll, I'll only name a few, but you've got the longest longest punt for Sam Houston State. Uh, you kicked another one that tied that. Um, you've got the highest season and career punt average for Sam Houston, and you're a three-time All-American. Pretty pretty handy resume. 
But uh, tell us like a little bit about you know the games and, and what you've achieved in it. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm say full credit to the boys because without <laughs> the other guys who are uh, on the line from the snapper to the guys who protect me, if they're not doing their job, I can't do my job, and I'm only going to be uh, benefited because of how they're performing. And you know, one of the guys who was uh, he was my snapper for my first two years. He's currently playing in the USFL. He's the best snapper. He should be in the NFL and hopefully he will be soon, Tucker Addington. But then like for the, since I've been here uh, on my right side, I've had the McCullum twins blocking and getting down the fields. And Zion at the NFL combine was one of three guys to get an athleticism rating of 100. So he, yeah, wow. he was a 4-3 kind of time, like vertical, everything was crazy. But he makes my punting look good because he gets down there so quick. Uh, he covered all my punts and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of those guys make me look good. At the end of the day, I just got to kick the ball. Um, pretend I'm at Barrera Oval, just kicking a ball. Nobody else, just hopefully nobody um, starts running the ball back on me kind of thing. But yeah, without those kind of guys, those accolades aren't there. And it's really a team of what I think. You've spoken about like, you know, how little time you have. So from the snap to, to when you kick, roughly how yeah. long do you have in it's, that time? It's 1.2 seconds. Wow. Um, and you kind of go, okay, 1.2 seconds, how long is that? And if you catch the ball, uh, and this is why I think punters get the paid out of the specialist position, get paid the most in the NFL, because you have to catch the ball, spin the ball in a particular way, because if the laces are facing down, you literally could hit the ball 10 yards right or left. Yeah, okay. So if the laces come into your hands wrong, if the laces like, see how they're up yep. if they came down you'd have to spin that ball really quickly and if you don't kick like the meat of the ball under here it's not going to be a sweet spot uh kind of hit uh, and then obviously you got to put in the fact you have to be behind two or three people that protect you and there's people coming from all angles to come block you too and these guys can be like i said like 250 300 pounds trying to um, blow everything up in front of you just to take you out so it's, a, it's a, a nifty little job you have to do. The whole operation from snap to me is about two seconds. And then you have to kick the ball around 45 yards, which in terms of where you kick from is about 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage. So it ends up being around a 50-yard kick. Yep. Uh, so 50-meter-yard 50 kick. So that's a lot to do in that kind of time frame. Then you have to try and kick it high enough to where either he returns it a little bit or no return at all, place it in a corner, try and place it factor in the wind and all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, punting's not the easiest thing, but it's it's fun. It's a it's a craft you have to learn, and it's truly like a game of golf, depending on where you are on the field, kind of like what club you want to pull out and hit a kind of uh, yeah. the ball. Um, so that's been fun, kind of getting better at that kind of concept for sure. Yeah, because I suppose like when you know you, you're on your twenty yard line or or thirty yard line, it's probably easiest to boot the piss out of it and and hope yeah. that it ends up down there, but. When you're when you're on the fifty meter line or fifty yard line or your own forty five, it's a different, isn't it? You've got to try and get that hang time and and land it in that in that corner. Um, what what sort of times are you looking at? Like I know it's around that five second, but what, what sort of times do you look at with with your punt in, in regards to hang time? What's a perfect number? Four four point five seconds is perfect. Uh, that's like your goal uh, hang time. Uh, but what I'd always do is, I mean our quarterbacks to our tight ends, like they have meetings for like three hours in the morning, practice, go to class and three hours in the night, but kind of like a specialist, you'd have like a group meeting, but not like individual. Yep. So I'd like really enjoy watching film a lot. Uh, something I think kind of like helps me a lot as a punter because 
I don't understand the formation of the team that we're playing and how they're going to rush me. So I'd be like, okay, the two guys on the right edge are going to come, but nobody else is. So kind of like play with that. And I started becoming not famous, but I've gone viral on a couple of videos for holding onto the ball. I've held onto the ball for nearly four seconds once because I'm like, well, I know nobody's going to come rush me because they're in a safe look. And that's where the D linemen kind of stay on the field and we'll try and hold up the front guys from running down the field, but won't actually come at the punter. Yep. So I'm like, I started holding onto the ball and started playing mind games with the opposition. And, you know, you got to try and like learn who you're playing against, like how good's the return or is he, does he like the ball up in the sun more? Or if you can get over his head, he kind of like stays away from it. Um, and I've got to come up against some really good returners. Uh, one guy is a, a brother of one of the guys who's the Baltimore Ravens punt returner. So, you know, he's going to have very talented skill set there, learning yeah. off his brother, um, trying to like minimize the return and obviously pin the ball down as far as I can to set up the defense with the best field position. So holding on to that ball, that's giving your uh, your guys uh, a chance to get down the field even quicker and, yeah. and hold them down uh, even further, yeah? There was one time where uh, I held on to the ball and I caught the ball, kind of saw there was no rush. I had eight guys standing between the, the goal line, the end zone and the five yard line waiting for me to kick before I'd even kick the ball. <laughs> Cause they'd all run down that 40 yards. Cause yeah. I knew that the defense wasn't coming. So I'm like, well, what's the point of kicking? Well, I'm just going <laughs> to hold on to it. Uh, and that's where I kind of started to learn more like that concept of holding on and, you know, making that them come to me and play little mind games. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Another one of those things that, uh, you know, Aussies bring into the, the NFL. I know you spoke yeah. earlier about, we're talking about that chip kick, and I know a player. I, th- I thought, I think it was for the Philadelphia Eagles, the punter uh, there. I'm pretty sure he's the Aussie, and he he went viral with a with a similar kick. The the ball sort of um, went sideways, and he's picked it up and just sort of chipped it over, and it was yeah it was very, very similar uh, to the one that you you did. Yeah, I can't remember his name. That was Michael uh, Dickinson. Well, was Michael that Dickinson. the one where? Yeah, yeah. He got blocked, picked it up, and kicked it. That's it, yeah. So, and it was like, oh, oh it's something else to watch. Yeah. I, I remember I posted up on the, on um on the channels, and because I was like, I know in the NFL aspect, it was like very uh, unusual, and you wouldn't see it. Yeah. Everyone in the comments, that's just standard NRL, you know, that's just standard backyard footy, and it's yeah. just amazing seeing some of this stuff come out in the NFL. Yes, mate. I I think I glimpsed um your hand there might have had a a ring on it. Is that uh is that the national championship ring? Yeah, this is a, a very special ring uh, that we got given. I'm bringing up. Oh, nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. I mean, when you put it on my finger, it's, yeah, it's yeah, the size wow. of a Super Bowl ring. It's it's massive. Uh, one of the coolest rings. I mean, I didn't understand, like, these rings that you get if you win. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you got to win the national championship. I mean, that's the biggest thing you can accomplish for us, for sure. And it's got, like, all these nice, like, details in on the side. You got the Texas logo there with a guy carrying his pads and helmets. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, like just down the bottom, just says, I don't know, well, I'll pick up. It says immortality. Yep. I guess. And then you got your name on the side and like how we went 10 and 0 that season. Oh, that's awesome. And on the inside, it like says the teams we beat in the scoreline. I mean, yeah, that's one of the coolest things. All those uh, little you know, details. Yeah. Player. Yeah. Now that was for the, um, I hope I'm, I hope this is right. Is it the FCS uh, national championship? Yeah. Was it in 20? 20- yes, 2020 or 2021 it was theoretically 21 they said it's a 2020 season i think it's a 2021 season because we only played from uh february of 2021 so it was really 
it was a spring season because of COVID. They pushed yeah. uh, everything back, which was, you know, we were coming in in that fall, so like September timeframe, thinking, okay, we're playing a team round one. Oh, that game got cancelled. Okay, we'll, we'll go to round two. And by like about the fifth round, we're like, okay, we're not playing any games. It's all going to be pushed for us in the fall. It was crazy. We were coming to practice every week expecting to play and then getting told Thursday there's no game this weekend. Um, thankfully, we got to play in the spring and then thankfully we went on the run we did. It was, it was crazy. We didn't have a facility. Our new facility was getting renovated. So we're using our, uh, our, gym, our, our gym as our locker room. Oh. It was, and then Texas went through an unprecedented snow event and there's no snow shovels here in Huntsville, Texas. I mean, it doesn't really snow here. So we couldn't even get snow off the field. So our first game got canceled because of snow. Oh no. Uh, and that's going on the COVID season. And then at the apartment complex I live in now, my roommate who was the ex quarterback, the team, and I, we didn't have water for 40 days. So we went through the first five games without water. We're having to go to other places to shower. It was it was one of the most chaotic seasons. I think that's why I cherish this ring so much. Yeah, and to go through undefeated as well, 10-0, like, that, that's yeah. massive. So, what... I mean, we beat, in the second round, we beat the team who had won seven out of the past eight years. And then the week after that, we beat the team that had won uh, the only other time and been in the national championship, like, the past five years. And I think the score at halftime was, like, 24-3 in that game. And we actually came back and won. It was one of the craziest games uh, ever in with about 15 seconds to go, we didn't get a third down and I actually had to punt the ball. Uh, they went to television breaks. They had a timeout. Like they tried to amp it up so much. Yeah. Um, it was one of the coolest experiences to me because all I know I had to kick was just kick the ball, get it off. And we pretty much won. And they actually got a penalty on it. And it cut some of the, the head coach and I like hugging each other and the whole team going crazy. It was one of, the, one of the coolest moments for sure to get into that national championship. Well, it's what you play for, isn't it? Like, and, and to spend, uh, would have been... Um, your entire career, and then to all that you didn't finish on that. You played another season after that, did you? Yeah. Yes. But to to have that in your in your resume would be would be something special. So congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Is is that? It seems silly to ask, but you know, uh, your favorite moment uh, on the field would would that be it? Definitely. Uh, certainly, as a team moment, I, uh, you can't beat that. Um, it's like a grand final in, in rugby league, isn't it? It's like what you play for. So it's it's yeah. very hard to, to top it. I'm gonna highlight our quarterback a little bit. He's about he was five ten, five eleven, about 170 pounds, uh, tiny. Like he yep. wouldn't be fitting in the NRL at all. Like not even reserve grade. He had uh, bleeding uh, out of the mouth. He was coughing up blood like there was no tomorrow. He pretty much had a broken foot. Uh, he had he was concussed. He couldn't walk for the next three months. And he played that game for us and pretty much won us of how he performs. But he went on that. The last drive went for eight minutes. Uh, it's probably the longest eight minutes of my life. Uh, we took the clock from 8.30 down to 30 seconds left. And they had 30 seconds to try and score some points. But yeah, that last eight minutes is one of the coolest eight minutes. And I like going back and re-watching it because we go from one side of the field to the other to, to win the national championship with limited time left with all the adversity that the whole team had gone through it was it was surreal to be in that moment for sure massive um what about a favorite moment off the field at college do you have one uh for me favorite moment off the field um probably me and my girlfriend that's pretty pretty high up there i didn't think i'd date a texan girl but uh hopefully one day she'll be an australian citizen so yeah. i probably have to say that's you know, like off the field highlight for me, um, but getting also just to see America 
uh, that's been amazing too. And then obviously we had the adversity of COVID lockdowns and all the shutdowns and I hadn't seen my family for two and a half years, but I actually found two cats. Uh, I'm allergic to cats. I don't like cats. Um, but I heard them when I was kicking on the facility and we'll bow from the facility. Like, it was some crazy rules, but I heard them crying and there was actually four cats uh, and I was put under somewhere in one of the backs of our facility. And I'm like, I felt really bad for them, but I didn't want to touch them because I was hoping the mother would take them. But uh, I come back three times that day, even like at 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, okay, I can't touch them. Like hopefully mom comes back, come back the next morning. Um, two were tied inside a plastic bag. I'm like, this is messed up. Took them home. Next four months, I'm sneezing, coughing, everything every day during COVID, but now they're like my best little friends. So oh, that's, that's awesome. definitely another off the field moment for me for sure too. You, you spoke earlier about, um, you know, experiencing life in Texas for everyone with guns and pocket knives. How daunting was it meeting your uh, your girlfriend's parents? Um, you know, <laughs> guns on the walls. I know, and <laughs> uh, I know the dad had a, or well, even have a reputation. Amy, my girlfriend, that's her name, uh, kind of like talked him up. He's like, senior fire captain of houston uh oh. fire uh, fire marshal of cap uh, of houston sorry uh talked him up big time so oh, he's got a gun in the side of his car and all this kind of stuff i'm like okay like i kind of decided to understand it uh but yeah that was kind of funny um you know he certainly tried to play like that big texan kind of role yeah. but he's got red hair like me so he found a soft spot with me pretty quick i think oh, nice <laughs> a nice little bonding thing now i have yeah. to I have to ask about that tro- the uh the belt in the background um it looks yeah. like a wrestling belt um yeah gives a little bit of history on it so this belt is pretty neat uh bring it up here it's got texas flag the american flag and it's got savage of the year uh across it it's as heavy as anything probably 10 pounds um but an old roommate oh sorry not a roommate a uh, old guy on the team uh who was playing on the team i helped him move into this exact apartment which is kind of funny how i'm in here now but i helped him move into here and for helping him move into here he gave me this belt um because he didn't want it anymore and he got given it off another friend who actually won it and it was for the best special teams player of the year um they used to give it out and i think it ended the year before i got here but somehow i ended up with it and i think it's one of the coolest things there is and i can't wait to like in a man cave hopefully i'm able to make one and this will certainly be a staple in there it's it's crazy that it's it's was to be given out to the special teams player of the year. Is that right? And then yes, you know you're on the special teams. You're yeah the the punter and you know three time All American like we said. Some of the records. It's almost fitting that it goes to you. I appreciate that. I, I'll cher- I certainly I'll cherish. It. I mean, it's one of the coolest things. Um, and you know I got to show a couple of coaches who hadn't seen it before, and then a couple who hadn't couldn't believe I had it. Were trying to ask it off, and I'm like, I'm sorry, this is. This is going back to Australia before yeah. you guys can blink. <laughs> I, I can imagine the spot that it's going to go up in the man cave. I, uh, I, I've wanted a belt like that. I'm, I'm thinking of getting one made up for the for the page. So I think that's, uh, I'll take cool. some, I'll take some inspiration from that, mate. Oh. Um, let's move back to a little bit of NRL before we go into what you're doing uh, this weekend, mate. Tell us a little bit about your time with the Panthers. You you came mm-hmm. back. You got involved with them. Um, what was your role? How did it come about? And and give us a little bit of background on it. So this was uh, my first here in America. Uh, it was at the end of 2018. I got to go back to Australia, uh, which was a crazy season. I played four games uh, and playing our biggest rival at home. I was kicking into a breeze and actually it was the first time I set the record as a 74-yard punt. Uh, I didn't think I could kick that far, especially into a wind. Copped a nice little roll bounce off and ended at the two-yard line. 
there I am running down the field, adrenaline pumping. Uh, look at the student side, which were all going crazy. I jump up, fist bump in the air. I was a little slippery. I land on one of the uh, white lines that you have on the ground, snap my ankle. Like I was black and blue from my toes to my shin. Oh. Um, talking about going from like high, you just hit the biggest punt, best punt of your life to I couldn't even get my cleat off. They were nearly going to have to cut my cleat off. That's how quickly my ankle blew up. Uh, uh, so obviously that was a big <laughs> changing for me, but it kind of like blessed me in the long term. So it gave me more time to actually be here. But so I'd been coming off that injury. Um, hadn't really kicked a ball in a long time. Get a reach out to the Panthers social media staff. I'm like, hey, is there any chance I can come? I've been a lifetime, lifelong fan. Like I'd really like to come out to see the facilities when they'd redone their new facility. So it looked obviously state of the art, looked really cool. Uh, and Matt Cameron, who's now the CEO of Panthers, introduced himself and he was the performance manager at the time, took me around. And he said, how about you come back in two weeks time and actually kick with the boys? I'm like, so the guys who I've been watching for 16 years or the team I've been watching for 16 years, they want to learn or listen to me. It's by far the most nervous I've been because uh, I get there the next time, two weeks later, they put me in some gear, um, mic me up. I don't think I even got my name out correctly. I was <laughs> shocked, shocked. I got Cleary, Luai, just like my right and left. I'm looking at like James Fisher, Harris, kick out, like some of the big guys. I'm like, my goodness, I'm, I got to try and talk right now. Uh, that was honestly one of the coolest experiences. I hope I get to go back and just teach a lot more because four years ago, I was very, I wouldn't say immature in the aspect of how I knew how to punt a ball, but I think my maturity levels in that regard are through the roof. So Hopefully I can add a little bit to clearing his kicking game because I know it's already superb, but, you know, I got a, I think he was coming off an ankle injury himself. So he we didn't actually kick that day, but I went through like a lot of how I dropped the ball and how I trying to place them on certain situations and got a kick a few times and um, kicked a lot of bombs to Dylan Edwards. And he wouldn't drop one just like he does today. He's, I think he's the best fullback in the NRL, very much so the most underrated uh, best ball playing fullback there is. Wouldn't okay. drop a ball uh Lou I got to learn a little bit too which was cool but I mean you've seen clear in how he's taken his spiral and the floating punts to the next level I mean nobody's going to be close to how good he can hit a ball uh I take no credit for it it's all his ability he got to learn a little bit maybe but um yeah he's a superstar in how he kicks the ball and it's it really has changed the game because you can play it with field position or you can play it with trying to make them drop the ball and put a lot of pressure on it um I know I sent you kind of like that's how this chat started the kick of me hitting like that uh 75 odd meter spiral like you can just play that aspect and i really hope clear becomes the first guy to hit a 20 40 because i know that's a rule you can hit it from inside your 20 to get it past the 40 on the opposite side uh nobody's done that yet and i really think i think can... that has been that's been two i think brennan's brennan smith did it last year but i, th- I think okay. the other one it was either Either Nathan Cleary or DCE. There's only been two. It's very rare, and um, yeah, you know, because you know people don't want to be kicking it from their own twenty, and, and, mm-hmm. and you don't get a lot of chances to, to get it out. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's very rare. Um, but you know, in saying that, he could be one of the first players to kick like a twenty twenty or you know some massive yeah. kick because that that boot is massive. And when you were there, it would have been Matt Burton would have been there as well. And you look at him, what he's yeah. doing at the Bulldogs, he's yeah, his bomb is one of the biggest in the game. Um, it's just absolutely massive. But yeah. um, it's, it's funny you say, like, when you were there, um, you're a bit nervous to see them. The funny thing is, like, they're ma- – like, you, you know, a lot of the NRL guys are massive uh, NFL fans. 
I know Panthers are like Josh Mantor is, Nathan Cleary, all those guys. They always have like an NFL day where they, they dress up. Yes. They were probably nervous meeting you, I reckon. It probably would have been the, the other way around a little bit because you know, yeah. having someone come in with, you know, oh, this guy's a punter in America and, and coming in to yep. do some practice, it would have been a really awesome experience for them as well. I mean, certainly field uh, kicking the ball can change the game. I, I took a lot of pride in that in the American football aspect is it's a one percenter in the whole game. I think in rugby league, it's a little bit more because you're kicking a lot more frequently, but you know, one kick that changes field position, all it takes is one good defensive move and you've just swung the whole game around kind of thing. And, yeah, yep. You know, kicking in NRL, 40-20-20-40, them knocking on a ball, uh, it really can change the outcome of a game. So I think kicking is one of the most underrated values there is, but, you know, you've seen it in clearest kicking game and it's certainly a reason why Panthers have won the competition and been outrageously good these past two years is the kicking game, uh, how he can place the ball a bit, growers on the ground or his spirals. Um some of his kicks that just go like just 10 minutes left or out of the upright and you have like your Martins and your kick hours jumping up and catching it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can win your game for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. It is, it was, you know, integral in that premiership last year and, and uh, one of the main things of their success over the last couple of years, but you say you're not taking any credit, but surely you, you secretly take a little bit of credit for, for clear his kicking. I, I do anything to give Penrith <laughs> a little bit of an, an edge. Um, certainly when I get to go back, I hope that I can give them some more because you know, when you start talking about like the drop tables, how high you want the ball, what side you want to come through the ball, I think there's a lot more I could add, and you know, hopefully, can take Cleary's game to another level, possibly. You know, is is that something that you've thought of? Like when you know, after your careers are over in like 15 years, you've won, you know, multiple Super Bowls, all that sort of stuff. When uh, you know, when when you're done, would that be something that you think you come back and help as a as a kicking coach or something in the NRL like that? I'd love to. Um, I certainly know like if the NFL isn't the long-term option for me, running or helping Dave with Pro Kick Sydney is an opportunity for me, which would be pretty cool. But certainly um, kicking coaching around those clubs, uh, if it is other NRL teams, I mean, that's a great way for me to kind of like put a little brand out there for myself, uh, establish who I am as a guy back in Australia and kind of like change the game in a way like in, well, let's say 60 years from now and the whole game of kicking has changed because of the spiral and my name's kind of up there. He's like, oh, he played in America and now he brought that back in the NRL and we've never seen kicks like this. I'll be like, that'll be pretty cool to like kind of sit back on that after I look back at the college career I've had and then you can see that. I mean, that'll be pretty cool. But, you know, if Penrith want any tips, I'll get in a car and go out there in a heartbeat and let yeah. them know anything. Jump, jump in Penrith, uh, get the get the ball on the phone. Um, <laughs> it, it's amazing like because, you know, uh, NFL and AFL has always been the connections, like especially with, with punters and things like that. But it's great to see that, you know, NFL and kicking can, you know, come in and help help the um, the NRL and and expand our game and, and evolve it. Yep. So it's, uh, it's good to see. Listen, do you watch, uh, have you been able to watch much footy while you've been over there? Because uh, it's probably yeah, played um... what, early in the morning over there. It's outrageous the time uh, kickoffs are. Like sometimes I'd, I'd literally uh, wake up at like four o'clock in the morning, uh, watch the first half, start getting changed for football practice because I have to be out of the facility at like 6 a.m. And I'd be taking my laptop with the Panthers game into the locker room. People are like, what are you watching like on your computer? You look weird. Um, <laughs> like I used to, especially uh, the 2021 season in 2020, I was getting up every game. Uh, I kind of understand my body needs a little bit more sleep in the draft preparation, trying to like 
get my craft to the best. But I won't check the score in the morning. First thing is I'll turn on the game and rewatch the whole game, try and like analyze it as best as I can and understand how the game goes. Uh, but yeah, I always get, there's a, the NRL has a pass for any person who's worldwide. So I jumped onto that just to watch the Panthers games alone and yeah. certainly State of Origin 2 is something great to watch. What about your teammates? They they enjoy it. They enjoy watching it. They, yeah, NRL's always been sold as um, they're trying to get into America. Oh, you know, it's a game without pads and all these sort of stuff. But like, what do your teammates say about? It? They watch it. They go, "These guys are crazy," or they love it. You know, what what's the uh, feeling? Oh yeah, certainly you get your big D linemen who are, I mean, bigger than like your kick out Moses Leota kind of size. Like they're huge. Um, and they said, "Oh, I'm never playing rugby, rugby league." Like that's scary to me. Yeah, and I mean they've got like eight, like my face mask there is two bars. They've got like eight masks. It literally looks like they're about to pull a robbery on somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna take my pads and helmets off and make a tackle. Like that's too scary." But then on the PlayStation, which I take away for every home game, uh, sorry, every away game, because you get to a hotel, let's say, 28 hours, 30 hours before a game, you have a lot of downtime. Yep. And on on the PlayStation, I got the last rugby league game that came out, uh, and certainly. The long snapper who I had from 2018, 2019, we'd play uh, rugby league from the second we got to the hotel to where our eyes can't be opened anymore, yeah. um, which was so much fun, like giving him and learning, teaching him the rules of rugby. Cause to me, he wouldn't like typically want to learn rugby. And he's like, he was so invested into it, loved everything about it. Uh, his favorite place were Jamie Sowd and Josh Mansell when he got to play for the Panthers. Uh, but yeah, you, you got to play that game, and they're so confused. You can't pass the ball forward. Yeah, it's like, so different, isn't back it? Every time. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you have to kick on this tackle? Like, why can't you get a first down? <laughs> uh, all these kind of rules. So it's been fun, like trying to teach them. And then there'll be a few times where after practice or in the afternoon, I'll take the rugby balls down the field and kick them either off the tee because I have a tee over here, uh, and coaches see me or other players see me, and they're like, "What are you doing?" Like it's and I try and teach them the rules and all that. So it's, it's been great because they kind of got to learn a little bit out of my culture when I've been learning this. Get your kicker to uh, try and nail the sideline conversion. Say from yeah. now on, when, when we, wherever you score the, uh, the touchdown, you've got to take the kick from and, and see how he goes. I wish that would change in the NFL or in any rule. Because like, whenever they score, if you score on the furthest like, corner to the middle, yeah. you always get a kick down the middle. Yeah, I'm like, it's nearly a guarantee. I know some kickers miss them, but make it like an extra point or two. So like, instead of being, uh, I think it's two points. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um, but like, make it like a three point conversion. You can get it from the sideline where they scored, like give it a little bit more value and even still have the rush coming from the sideline. I really feel like an XFL or USFL, which are changing all the rules. If they establish something like that, I mean, it may kick you more exciting because you, you either get to the pun or you get to the field goal kick or the kick for uh, the extra point after the, the touchdown. And kind of people like they tune out, they go to the fridge, you go yeah, do that. But yeah. like, they had a kick from the sideline. Oh, hang on. Let me see how the kid goes in this circumstance. Kind yeah, of thing. So 100%. I think that'd be cool to see. Yeah, like, because there's been so many times you say that, like, oh, you leave to go to the fridge, get something. We do that all the time. If we're watching the uh, the NFL, they score a touchdown. You come back, you, yeah. you leave, and then you come back and you go, oh, hold on. They missed it. And then you have to rewind it to go back and see what yeah. happened. Like, most of the time, you just assume it's going over because it's you know uh, straight down yeah. the middle. But I know they've tried a few different things in uh, you know t- taking it back further and um, yeah. you know, changing up. A lot of teams are do- trying the two point conversion a lot more, which is which is good to see. But yeah, mate, I'd love to see a uh, a kicker try and nail it from the sideline. It'd be it'd be good to see. Definitely. 
Now, your the, the, this has been recorded on, on Thursday. It'll be out Friday morning um, at yep. our time, which uh, for you will be the start of the draft. Now, tell us, you're preparing for it. What's the last few months been like preparing for it? And, and what are you going to sort of expect over the weekend? Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I mean, if I was never to get picked up or I wasn't even a... I mean, you can, I can say like I'm a chance, but to have just my name in the bracket of being an NFL prospect for the draft or just anything in that regard, I'm like, four years ago, I could never have even dreamt that I could have put my name out in that kind of pool or let alone had a decent chance of getting picked up. Uh, so for me, it's been like, okay, well, I want to go play American football. I want to get my master's. Okay, my first season, I had four games and I got injured. And I wasn't starting until the last week of fall camp, which is kind of like our preseason. I'm like, I didn't even know if I was going to be playing that season. Then I have the All-American season. I'm like, okay, I, I did believe in myself, but okay, now this is kind of starting to see on the field. And then I have the success again the following two years uh, where I was like all-conference again. And, you know, up there is the top three best punters in the FCS uh, in terms of every statistic. And I'm like, okay. And then I start comparing myself to Lachlan Edwards with his statistics who had played here for – uh, the three or four years before me and got a name like my stats against his. I'm like, okay, now I've been him and every stat and every statistic area. Why not NFL? Why, at least give it a crack. Like at yeah. least I can say 40 years time, I tried it. If I didn't make it, I didn't make it, but I still tried. And I put in hundred percent of my effort that I could. And hopefully, you know, I might get a call Saturday. I know some guys can wait up to two, three weeks before they hit a call, uh, especially in that specialist area because things are chopping and changing. So you know, it could be Saturday afternoon. It could be a month's time. Uh, if somebody wants to call, I will get on the next plane and be in that facility as soon as I can. It's going to be a mental uh, mental few weeks for you, I can imagine. Yeah. If, um, you know, you've spoken about the USFL, XFL, those sort of things. There are obviously options if the NFL dream doesn't doesn't eventuate. Yep. Yep. So sure. like, Is that just, is it basically just a wait and see sort of thing? Like, um, you know, if... if no one's calling from the NFL. You you go and approach them, or or do you think they'll just come and approach you? Yeah, a bit a bit of both there for sure. Uh, for the XFL and USFL, I'd have to wait until uh, about February of next year. You know, NFL you could get a they could have a game on a Sunday and decide to cut the punter on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. So I mean, volatile, punters, isn't it? Yeah, it just it can happen like that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you have one bad punt in the NFL, they can literally cut you. Uh, and I've seen, like, videos of people in camps preseason, one bad punt, all right, they call the facility managers and the equipment guys, and he's already been cut, uh, yeah. which is some of the crazy – it's it's one bad punt can change your career, one good kick can put you in a spot to actually be playing on a roster. So it's it's cutthroat. It's pretty legit. Um, but, you know, if any opportunity arises at any level, I definitely would like to take it. Um, but – if it doesn't happen, um, I look certainly look for a work opportunity over here. If I can establish myself in a – definitely aiming to get an NFL organization to work for, you know, use that college football, uh, use the two master's degrees to get into there. At the end of the day, uh, I can only take that back to Australia. And if I want to work in office buildings, I think that credibility will be there. Like, I've always kind of said to myself, I wonder if I could turn up and be the NRL commissioner one day um, – bring back all the factors I've learned here and bring that into the NRL. Um, you know, like, why not set the bar kind of there? You got like the NFL, NRL commissioner, or go work at the Panthers. Uh, you know, and there's a couple of opportunities there that I'd like to endeavor uh, on the future, but we'll see where it all takes me. Mate, like I said, it's going to be a massive uh, couple of weeks, massive future for you. 
Uh, wish you all the best in it, and uh, hopefully that dream comes true over this weekend. But uh, wait and see. Fingers crossed for you, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mate, we're going to we'll just finish off with a few fan questions. Um, nothing, yeah. nothing too serious, just a, a couple of things. Got a, a question about um, some training. So besides repetition, what's your best advice uh, to better, better kicking for the league? For the league? Yep. Uh, I, th- I think you've got to be consistent. Uh, I know like the repetition goes off the consistency, yep. but you've got to make sure that you're... <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, you've got to make sure you can kick the ball 10 times out of 10 in the, the spot that you want. That's a factor of being consistent because if I relate that to my side, if you hit nine great balls, but then your 10th balls, a 10-yard ball that's straight into the crowd, you're only going to be remembered for that punt. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to be consistent what you do. You don't want to always be kicking straight to the fullback or to the wingers. You want to be placing the ball in certain areas. Uh, just practicing your craft. I've seen multiple videos of uh, Nathan practicing his kicking, whether it's with Joey Johns at NRL, uh, sorry, at State of Origin camps or on his own. I've seen like Panthers put up some stuff there. Repetition really is the key, but in repetition, you'll gain confidence in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself to be able to put the ball in certain situations, then it's just not going to come off the foot in the right way. Then you'll be in a little slump. So you've got to back yourself that you're able to hit the ball every time. Uh, apart from your uh, your coaches at the school, uh, has there been anyone that's come in uh, and helped you with your kicking in college? Uh, not particularly, uh, but I have got to work with a couple of coaches recently uh, in the summer of... 2020 I got a sorry 2019 I got to work with who was the Michigan uh, special teams guy he's now the Philadelphia Eagles special teams analyst uh he helps me a lot then as of late I've been in Arizona training for the NFL with uh coach Zorna who's had over 30 years of experience in the NFL um so you know got to kind of learn a little bit off them they'll kind of shift you to more of the American style but uh you know, you got to back yourself with the Australian style. That's how I got here originally. And the crazy thing is, <clears throat> is if you put every Australian punter next to each other, not one person has the same action. Not some, uh, not one guy has the same leg swing. Everybody's different. Yep. But the Americans, they all have same robotic action. Um, and I think that's like unique in how we're able to use our skills and change the football game. Because like you saw Michael Dixon with how he was able to get out and get the ball after it was blocked. I don't think any American could really do that or that time where the ball went over my head and I kicked it sideways. Like the American would be like, just jump on it kind of thing, or it's over my head, like, let it be. I'm like, well, just kick it sideways. Like, <laughs> you just got to be innovative in the situation. I think that certainly is uh, key there. Well, um, you spoke about a couple of players uh, that um, you, you played with that are now uh, either in the NFL or uh, brothers or, or, or whatever. Have you, you know, is there a list of players or a few players that you've played with that are that are making it big in the NFL now? Yeah, uh, I mean, first name that comes to mention is certainly Davion Davis. Uh, he was great when I first got here. He was our best wide receiver at the time. Uh, stud. He, you put the ball five yards above his head, he'd jump up with one hand, catch it, go over two defenders. Like, he was absurdly talented. And that year, we also had a D lineman uh, who rushed off the edge. He's playing for Tennessee at the moment. Uh, we kind of sat like a locker room, oh, sorry, like a locker away from each other on an angle. So I got to kind of learn uh, a lot about him too, which was great for me. And then you look at like this current year, and we had 22 seniors and a bunch of them certainly going to get on rosters preseason, hopefully a couple will make teams. Uh, but, 
you know, Sam Houston's been a great place to learn and develop our skills. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of cats on Sundays. Yeah. Mate, uh, was there a favorite food in Texas or, or in America? Have you got a favorite food? Oh, fast food's to a new level over here. Uh, it's, it's something unreal, but I think uh, brisket, uh, they slow cook brisket from 6 a.m. Like they'll literally set their alarms at like 6 a.m. in the morning to slow cook brisket and then uh, like a barbecue kind of oven outside and you will eat it like 14 hours later. Um, brisket's one of the, the best things I think yep. ever I've had for sure. Yeah, love, love a good brisket. And lastly, college parties. Are they overhyped or are they everything everyone talks about? Everything everybody talks about <laughs> uh, yeah that's, that was one of the first questions <laughs> when i went to penrith um i'm out there and i kind of like said my little spill to start and we kind of break up and i remember it was jack Hetherington and a couple of other guys come up to me he's like so what are the parties like i'm like when the microphone comes off i can really tell you because yeah. <laughs> people know what's really going on but yeah the parties are pretty legit uh, yeah. especially when you have a game uh, if you can have like a four o'clock game where you played at eight o'clock, you have a, an hour turnaround, you start partying, uh, especially if you win. It's, it's great to party because you got to celebrate every win. Uh, our head coach was big on, you know, celebrate your wins, be smart, but celebrate your wins because yeah. winning's not easy. If you're playing for your local team in cricket, so you're playing in the NFL, like whatever level you're playing, you can't take winning for granted. It's one of the best feelings as a team you've, you've achieved your goals for that week. So he, he told us to celebrate and enjoy, uh, enjoy, winning but you know the parties are parties are fun we'll say that i can imagine they they would be a, a lot more fun after a huge win on campus it, it would be a special feeling especially like the nightclubs in town when all the students go out there and you know you could wear a football shirt or a football polo you just go straight in and yep. you're on the front desk in front of the stage in front of everybody it's and then like when we had our national championship win talking about parties <laughs> Yeah, I know the Panthers went on about a seventy-two hour bender, but we were pretty close there too. What well, um, what about like uh, like some of the the older guys that you know? I know it's huge that people talk about. I went to I'm this college, so this is I'm an alumni of this college, and they always come yep. back. Uh, are there any sort of big celebrities for for um Sam Houston State, or is there anyone that sort of comes back and you go, oh wow, that's you know so and so. Yeah, oh, there's a bunch of big-time uh, names that have come through Sam Houston. Uh, Billy Gunn, uh, he was a Sam Houston alum. The wrestler? Yeah. Yeah, right, okay, yep. Um, he's one. We've had multiple uh, movie producers come out of Sam. Uh, big thing with schools is if you become really successful is you become a donor. Uh, and one of our donors, Don Sanders, he has the baseball stadium named after him. He has another facilities baseball stadium named after him. Uh, donate so much more money. He's always around um, showing himself. The guy who our weight room, all the money was donated for to make the weight room. He's always in the weight room. He'll see us there. Um, so there's a couple like big time guys in that regard for sure. Celebrities off the top of my head. I know if you like Wikipedia search it, there's quite a few because that was one of the first things I looked at uh, for sure. But there's certainly some big time people have come out of Sam, especially in the criminal justice and lawyer type people because we have the number one rank. I think it's nationally certainly in texas uh criminal justice system so which is another story is we have uh an execution place within 500 feet of our football stadium oh uh, so you can actually hear like sirens going off for that 
all the time. We have nine prisons in a five mile radius uh, of, <laughs> of our area. And you can see our head coach always like to a new recruits, he's like, yeah, if you come into my office, you can see death row. That's the name of the place they call it. Um, where yeah, people actually are executed and it's still a thing over here. That oh, that would give me the creeps. I don't know if I could handle that. Yeah, it's it's something else, that's for sure. Yeah, wow. Well, mate, that's uh that's gonna wrap us up. I I, I wanna thank you so much for your time. It's been um a great hour of chat. Um great getting to know who you are and what you what you've done over there. Uh, and and what you plan to do in the future, I, I can't wait to see. I'll be keeping an eye on the draft and and your future ahead. But um, mate, thanks so much again for for jumping on. No, thank you so much. I appreciate the chat, especially talking footy again. Oh man, miss talking footy, miss talking about the Panthers. But I appreciate your time, Lawson. Thank you very much. Mate, I'll I'll sign it off with um. I'll call you mate. Thanks, mate. And uh, thank you. Full credit to the boys as well. Yeah, full credit <laughs> to the boys. Keep winning, Panthers. That's it. Talk to you soon. See you, man. Thank you.